section four of the murder of delicia this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. read by angelique campbell march two thousand nineteen the murder of delicia by marie corelli chapter two part two i wish you would keep our name out of the papers he said suddenly when dessert was placed before them and the servants had withdrawn it is most annoying to me to see it constantly cropping up in all manner of vulgar society paragraphs she looked at him steadfastly you used not to mind it so much she answered but i am sorry you are vexed i wish i could remedy the evil but unfortunately i am quite powerless when one is a public character the newspapers will have their fling it can't possibly be helped but if one is leading an honest life in the world and has no disgraceful secrets to hide what does it matter after all i think it matters a great deal he grumbled as he carefully skinned the fine peach on his plate and commenced to appreciate its flavour i hate to have my movements forestalled and advised by the press and as far as you are concerned i am sure i heartily wish you were not a public character she opened her eyes a little do you since when since you became lord carleon my dear boy if a trumpery little handle to your name is going to make you ashamed of your wife's reputation as an author i think it's a great pity you ever seceded to the title oh i know you don't care a bit about it he said keeping his gaze on the juicy peach but other people appreciate it what other people queried delicia laughing the droll little units that call themselves society i dare say they do appreciate it they have got nothing else to think or talk about but he and she and we and they and yet poor old mortlands who is here this afternoon forgot all about this same wonderful title many times and kept on calling me miss vaughan then he apologized and said in extenuation that to add a ladyship to my name was to gild refined gold and paint the lily that quotation has often been used before under similar circumstances but he gave it quite a new flavour of gallantry the mortlands family dates back to about the same period as ours said carleon musingly as ours say as yours my dear lord returned alicia gaily for i am sure i do not know where the vaughns come from i must go down to harold's college and see if i cannot persuade someone in authority there to pick me out an ancestor who did great deeds before the carleons ever existed ancestral glory is such a question with you now will that i almost wish i were the daughter of a chicago pork packer why asked carleon a trifle gloomily why because i could at any rate get up a past pilgrim father if necessary a present-day reputation is evidently not sufficient for you i think the old days were best he said curtly yes when the men kept the women within four walls as cows are kept in byres and gave them just the amount of food they thought they deserved and beat them if they were rebellious well perhaps those times were pleasant but i am afraid i should never have appreciated them i prefer to see things advancing as they are and i like a civilization which includes the education of women as well as of men things are advancing a great deal too quickly in my opinion 
said carleon languidly pouring out a glass of the choice claret beside him i should be inclined to vote for a little less rapid progress in regard to women yet only the other day you were saying what a shame it was that women could not win full academic honors like men and you even said that they ought to be given titles and rewards for their services to science art and literature said delicia what has made you change your opinion he did not look up at her but absently played with the crumbs on the tablecloth well i am not sure that it is the correct thing for women to appear very prominently in public he said a momentary contraction of delicia's fine brow showed that a touch of impatience ruffled her humour but she restrained herself and said with perfect composure i am afraid i don't quite follow your meaning unless perhaps your words apply to the new dancer la marina he gave a violent start and with a sudden movement of his hand upset his wine-glass delicia watched the red wine staining the satiny whiteness of the damask tablecloth without any exclamation or sign of annoyance her heart was beating fast because through her drooping lashes she saw her husband's face and read there an expression that was strange and new to her oh i know what has happened he said fiercely with almost an oath as he strove to wipe off the drops of chateau lafitte that soiled his cuff as well as the tablecloth that woman lefroy has been here telling tales and making mischief i saw her with her crew of social rowdies at the savoy the other night and she saw you interpolated delicia smiling well what if she did he snapped out irritably i was introduced to la marina by prince gulitzberg you know that german fellow and he asked me to take her off his hands he had promised her a supper at the savoy and at the last moment he was sent for to go to his wife who was seized with sudden illness i could not refuse to oblige him he's a decent sort of chap then of course as luck would have it in comes that spoil sport of a lefroy and makes all this rumpus my dear will expostulated delicia in gentle amazement what are you talking about where is the rumpus what has mrs lefroy done she simply mentioned to me to-day that she had seen you at the savoy with this marina and there the matter ended and as far as i am concerned there it will forever end that is all nonsense said carleon still wiping his cuff you know you are put out or you wouldn't look at me in the way you do delicia laughed what way am i looking she demanded merrily pray my dear boy don't be so conceited as to imagine i mind your taking the marina or any amount of marinas to supper at the savoy if that kind of thing amuses you surely you don't suppose that i bring myself into comparison with ladies of marina's class or that i could be jealous of such persons i am afraid you do not know me yet will though we have spent such happy years together you have neither fathomed the depth of my love nor taken the measure of my pride besides i trust you she paused then rising from the table she handed him the little silver box containing his cigars smoke off your petulance dear boy she said and join me upstairs when you are ready we go to the premier's reception to-night remember her hand rested for a moment on his shoulder with a caressing touch anon humming a little tune under her breath and followed by spartan who never let her go out of his sight for a moment if he could help it 
she left the room ascending the staircase she stopped on the threshold of her study and looked in with a vague air as though the place had suddenly grown unfamiliar there immediately facing her smiled the pictured lineaments of shakespeare that immortal friend of man her favorite books greeted her with all the silent yet persuasive eloquence of their well-known and deeply honored titles the electric lights fitted up to represent small stars in the ceiling were not turned on and only the young moon peered glimmeringly through the lattice window shedding a pale lustre on the marble features of the antinous standing quite still she gazed at all these well-known objects of her daily surroundings with a curious sense of strangeness spartan staring up wonderingly at her the while what is it that is wrong with me she mused why do i feel as if i were suddenly thrust out of my usual peace and made to take a part in the common and mean disputes of petty-minded men and women she waited another minute then apparently conquering whatever emotion was at work within her she pressed the ivory handle which diffused light on all visible things and entered the room with a quiet step and a half penitent look as of regret for having given offence to some invisible spirit monitor oh you dear dear friends she said approaching the bookshelves and softly apostrophizing the volumes ranged there as if they were sentient personages i am afraid i do not consult you half enough you are always with me ready to give me the soundest advice on any subject under the sun advice founded on sage experience too tell me something now out of your stores of wisdom to stop this foolish little aching at my heart this irritating selfish suspicious trouble which is quite unworthy of me as it is unworthy of any one who has had the high privilege of learning great lessons from such teachers as you are it is not as if i were a woman whose sole ideas of life are centred on dress and domesticity or one of those unhappy self-tormenting creatures who cannot exist without admiration and flattery i am i think and hope differently constituted and mean to try for great things even if i never succeed in attaining them but in trying for greatness one must not descend to littleness save me from this danger my dear old world comrades if you can for to-night i am totally unlike myself there are thoughts in my brain that might have excited xantippe but which should never trouble delicia if to herself delicia prove but true and she raised her eyes half smiling to the meditative countenance of shakespeare excellent and divine williams you must excuse me for fitting your patriotic line on england to my unworthy needs but why would you make yourself so eminently quotable she paused then took up a book lying on her desk here is an excellent doctor for a sick petulant child such as i am marcus aurelius what will you say to me wise pagan let me see and opening a page at random her eyes fell on the words do not suppose you are hurt and your complaint ceases cease your complaint and you are not hurt she laughed and her face began to light up with all its usual animation excellent emperor what a wholesome thrashing you give me anything more and she turned over a few pages and came upon one of the imperial mortalist most coolly dictatorial assertions what an easy matter it is to stem the current of your imagination to discharge a troublesome or improper thought and at once return to a state of calm 
i don't know about that marcus she said it is not exactly an easy matter to stem the current of imagination but certainly it's worth trying and she read on to-day i rushed clear out of misfortune or rather i threw misfortune from me for to speak the truth it is not outside and never came any nearer than my own fancy she closed the book smilingly the beautiful equanimity of her disposition was completely restored she left her pretty writing-desk bidding spartan remain there on guard a mandate he was accustomed to and which he obeyed instantly though with a deep sigh his mistress's evening out being the chief trouble of his otherwise enviable existence delicia meantime went to dress for the premier's reception and soon slipped into the robe she had had designed for herself by a famous firm of indian embroiderers a garment of softest white satin adorned with gold and silver thread and pearls thickly intertwined so as to present the appearance of a mass of finely wrought jewels a single star of diamonds glittered in her hair and she carried a fan of natural lilies tied with white ribbon thus attired she joined her husband who stood ready and waiting for her in the drawing-room he glanced up at her somewhat shamefacedly you look your very best this evening delicia he said she made him a sweeping curtsy and smiled my lord your favouring praise doth overwhelm me she answered is it not meet and right that i should so appear as to be deemed worthy of the house of carleon he put his arm round her waist and drew her to him he was curious he thought how fresh her beauty seemed and how the men in his set would have burst into a loud guffaw of coarse laughter if any of them had thought that such was his opinion of his wife's charm his own wife to whom he had been fast wedded for over three years according to the rules of modern morality one ought in three years to have had enough of one's lawful wife and find a suitable soul wherewith to claim affinity delicia he said playing idly with the lilies of her fan i am sorry you are vexed about the marina woman she interrupted him by laying her little white-gloved fingers on his lips vexed oh no will not vexed why should i be pray don't let us talk about it any more i have almost forgotten the incident come it's time we started and in response to the oddly penitent half-sullen manner of the naughty boy he chose to assume she kissed him whereupon he tried that one special method of his which had given him the victory in his wooing of her the passionate outbreak and murmuring in his rich voice that she was always the one woman in the world the angel of his life and altogether the very crown and summit of sweet perfection he folded her in his arms with all a lover's fervour and she clinging to him forgot her doubts and fears forgot the austere observations of marcus aurelius forgot the triumphs of her own intellectual career forgot everything in fact but that she was the blindly adoring devotee of a six-foot guardsman whom she had herself put up as a god on the throne of the ideal and whom she worshipped through such a roseate cloud of self-sweet abnegation that she was unable to perceive how poor a fetish her idol was after all made of nothing but the very commonest clay End chapter two part two